Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Good morning. How are you all? Are we all awake? Are we all hungry? Who's, who's hungry? Who's hungry? Got some hungry people here. That's, that's excellent. You know, I'm talking about being hungry for the bread of life, which is different to I didn't get time to have breakfast. I'm not talking about that kind of hungry. I'm talking about being hungry for the bread of life. Who's hungry? Yeah, excellent. Excellent. You may be seated. Unless you want to stand, then you may stand. I'm fine with that. <laughs> How good is it to worship God? How good is it to worship God? Yes. So we're looking a bit empty this morning. I think we need to pray for people that go into hibernation over winter. What is with that? We live in Mildura, not Canada. It's not like you have to shovel out your driveway to come to church. We don't even get below one degree. And people stay home because it's too cold to get out of bed. Seriously. Jesus, bless them. And give them a kick and get them out of bed. And into the house of God in Jesus' name. And if they're sick, make them well, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> and if they're away, let them have a great holiday and a great rest. Otherwise, give them a desire to gather, a desire to gather in the house of God. Yes. So we've been singing. Has anyone noticed? How good is that song, Come Alive, Wake Up Sleeper? He is risen and we are risen with him. Who believes that? Who believes that you are spiritually alive because you have the same spirit in you that raised Christ from the dead? If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the same spirit living in you that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So that means that you have risen with him. How good is that? There was a, a scripture that last time I spoke, I, I didn't get to, and I'm feeling prompted to read it this morning. Who remembers the one thing that I said last time I spoke? I said, if you remember one thing, remember this. Who remembers? I talked for 30 minutes, and I said, if you only hear one thing, remember this. Does anyone remember that one thing? I remember. I see everyone going, oh, it's been two weeks, three weeks. You are not a spirit living in a human. You are not a human. I can't even remember what I said. <laughs> You are more spirit than you are human. Let's just say it like that. You are a spirit living inside a body. You are not a body with a little itty-bitty spirit in there somewhere. You are a spirit being, number one. So that means that it's our spirit in, within us that cries out deep calls to deep. So it's our spirit within us that cries out to a, our creator and says, you are the one that fulfills me. You are the one that gives me my purpose. You are the one whose breath is in my lungs. You are the one who created me. You are the one who created me for a purpose. So you are more spirit than you are human. But we forget that all the time. We forget that all the time. 
Jane, when we were singing that song, you, you've got a lion inside you. The Holy Spirit said to me, Jane's got a lion inside her. A, a lion of intercession and a lion of tenacity. And it's like, you know the Holy Spirit's stirring that and bringing it to the forefront again. And for whatever reason that you felt like it was too much, it's not too much. It's exactly what God needs from you. And, you you know, the people that you work with, I know that you're in a very humanistic workplace. The people that you work with are going to start to notice the lion inside of you and it's just because of the presence that you carry. It's not because you're going to go in there and preach to them or anything like that unless the Holy Spirit prompts you, but just the presence that you're going to carry in there, they're going to go, oh, okay, she's got something, she's got something. Yeah, lion, arise. Lion, arise. Intercessor, warrior woman, warrior woman, arise, shine. For your light has come and your time has come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So the scripture that I want to read is from Revelation. Oh, how good. It's from Revelation. So Revelation 3, one of the seven churches. Revelation 3, 1B to 3. And this is to the church in Sardis. And the angel of the church in Sardis write to the angel, which some theologians say means the carriers of light, the leaders of the church, so to the leaders of the church in Sardis, John, this is what you're to write to them. I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive. Which church um, denomination has a reputation for being alive, the most alive. Yeah? Anybody want to have a guess? <laughs> or I could even say, yeah, Pentecostal. Yeah, we have a reputation. Do we have a reputation for being alive? Yes? Do we have a reputation for being full of the Spirit, for being um, charismatic? for being demonstrative with our faith? Do we have a reputation for being sometimes a bit weird, a bit out there, a bit too much? I hope that we never lose that reputation for being the church that is alive, full of the Spirit of God, demonstrative, outspoken, demonstrative in our praise. Rivers of living water coming in and flowing out. We used to have, um, people used to call us the happy clappers. They probably still do. I hope they do. Something is wrong when if they start saying that church out there on River Road, they're really sedate now. Oh, please, Lord, don't let it ever be. We, you know, the world needs to see us as weird because the Word of God says you are strangers, you are aliens, you are not of this world. If you get persecuted because of your faith, you are blessed, 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 blessed. If you don't, if everyone speaks well of you, it's because you're not stirring anything up by the Spirit that you carry within you and woe to you when all men speak well of you. It means you've gone to sleep. It means you've conformed to the pattern of the world. It means people don't know you're different anymore, which means something is missing. And I never want to have that reputation for being the church that is dull, for being the church that is religious, for being the church that is quiet. I want to stay the happy clapping, demonstrative, spirit-filled, on fire church. The church that has a reputation for being alive. Does anybody else want that? Does anybody else want that? I've got two people standing to their feet. If you want it, stand up and say, 
I want that reputation. I want that reputation. I want that reputation. I want to be known for being alive, alive, awake, awake, awesome. I'm glad you're with me. I haven't even got to the next part of the scripture yet. Wake up. Come alive. Wake up, sleeper. I'm not a singer, but you know how it goes. He is risen, and we are risen with him. Come alive. Wake up. Strengthen what remains. Strengthen what remains. That passion in you, that fire in you, that desire in you. Strengthen it. Strengthen it. Strengthen it. Strengthen it. Feed it. Feed it. Strengthen what remains and is about to die if you don't. That's sobering. For I have found your deeds, I have not found your deeds, complete in the eyes of my God. Remember what you have received and heard, obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know what time I will come to you. This scripture is so pertinent because the last days are here or quickly approaching, but we are definitely getting to the end of the age. We know that, don't we? Some of those things that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, we're starting to see them happen. We saw earthquakes in Melbourne last week. Hello? The earth is starting to shake. The earth is starting to cry out for redemption. The earth is getting tired. There's wars happening. There's all sorts of crazy happening. There's pandemics happening. And if we don't know, if we're not awake, all we will do is commentate on what's happening in the world and say, oh, no, there's a pandemic. Oh, no, there's an earthquake. Oh, no, this is happening and that's happening. And interest rates are going up and this is happening. But why is it happening? Because if we're spiritually awake, then we know that Scripture says that these things must happen because these are pointers that say Jesus is coming back. And when we are spiritually awake and spiritually alive, we go, wow, are these crazy times that we're living in? Are these exciting times that we're living in? We're not afraid. We're not intimida intimidated. We're actually spiritually awake and alive and switched on and going, Lord, how do you want me to pray in these days? And what are the deeds that you require of me in these days? What do you require of me to do in, in this season that we're in? Number one, to be alive, to be awake, not to be asleep. And that's a daily, daily commitment to remain spiritually alive, to remain spiritually awake, to remain spiritually switched on and not to become dull by the world that we live in. Come alive, wake up, sleeper. It's a really pertinent song. And I pray, you know how scripture says, David encouraged himself in the Lord and he spoke to his spirit and he said, Spirit, rise up, stop complaining, start praising. I pray that when you're singing that song, come alive, you are speaking to yourself. You are speaking to your soul. You are speaking to your spirit and saying, come alive, come alive, come alive. You've got so much to praise him for. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. Yeah? So when I was praying, I was praying about what to speak to you guys about. And the Holy Spirit showed me a, script, uh, a scripture. <laughs> he showed me a scripture. He also showed me a picture of some scales. 
And yesterday, I had to go antique shopping to buy some scales so I could do this demonstration for you. So that was terrible. <laughs> terrible that I had to go to the antique stores and find some scales. But these were like, the Holy Spirit even showed me where the scales were going to be when I walked into the shop. How cool is that? <laughs> I just knew where they were. So this is what he showed me that these scales represent the church. Not this church particularly, but the church across particularly, let's say Australia and probably America because I'm familiar with the church in Australia and I'm familiar with the church in America. So this is what the Holy Spirit showed me that the scales have become unbalanced because we are heavy on the side of blessing and everything that we want God to do for us. We are heavy as the church on the side of it's all about me. It's all about what I want God to do for me. It's all about how God has gifted me. It's all about my breakthrough, my, my blessing, my, the answer to my prayer, the thing that I'm believing for. And particularly over the last 10 years, and I am not, not going to um, criticize. I don't, I love the church. I love the church. I will never criticize the church, but the Holy Spirit showed me that, and, and I've been guilty of this, preaching a lot of messages about what God, what God has for us, what we require of him, and how to get what we want from him. But you know what? There are some things that he requires of us. And, and I believe that we can never outgive God, that the, the blessing bowl is always so much bigger than, than what he requires of us. But our focus, particularly over the last 10 years in church, has been all about, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Answer my prayers, do what I want, come through for me when I need you, comfort me, give me what I want, supply all my needs, but there's been a lack in the area of, God, what do you require of me? And what can I bring for you? And what can I do for you? And how can I live in a way that honours you and glorifies you? And how can I lay my life down for you? Because you have already done so much for me, more than enough for me. If you never did anything else for me, Lord, you have already done so much. You've given me salvation. You've given me access into eternity. You've healed me. You've delivered me. You've saved me. So what can I give back to you, Lord? How can I take up my cross and follow you? And what can I lay down in order to live a life that is wholly devoted to you? We've been, we've been light on that. We've been too light on that. And, and what the Holy Spirit showed me is that there needs to be balance brought back into the church. There needs to be balance brought back. We need to talk more about laying our lives down for our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords and, and doing it joyfully. It is actually, Stephen and I were talking about this the other day, it is actually so liberating to go, God, I just give it to you. I don't have to worry about where our next house payment's coming from. I don't have to worry about the future. I don't have to strive. I don't have to fret. I don't have to stay awake at night and worry about trying to supply my own needs, trying to plan out my future. I just devote it all to you, God. And it is so liberating. I would just live for you one day at a time and you will take care of everything else. 
You will take care of everything else, God, in your timing. I don't have to fret about timing. I don't have to fret fret about what prayers are being answered and what prayers aren't. God, you've got it. You've got it. All I have to worry about is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all that other stuff that we worry about will be added will be added. So that, that takes me to Matthew 6, 31, which is 31 to 33, which is one of my favourite scriptures because it's life aligning. It is life aligning. It is our foundation. Jesus said, Do not worry about what you will eat or what you will drink. Or what you will wear. For the pagans, the people that don't know God, are consumed with all of those things. That's what they live for. Where will my next dollar come from? Where will my next outfit come from? Where will my next meal come from? (laughs) But your heavenly Father knows what you need. He knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be given to you as well. So what's the first statement? So do, what does it say? Oh, has it gone down? (laughs) So do not worry. Do not worry. What do you worry about? What do you worry about? What, what do you stay up at night worrying about? <laughs> Someone said getting no sleep. <sighs> Jesus said, do not worry. Instead, seek. Instead of worrying, seek. Seek me. Seek me. Seek my kingdom. Seek first, number one, First, before anything else, before everything else, number one, supreme, first in position, first thing of importance, seek. So what does the word seek mean? Seek in the Greek. It means to find by thinking, inquiring, meditating, to aim at, to strive after, to crave to crave. What do you crave for? What do you crave for? What do you crave more than anything else? Is it it his kingdom? When you're pregnant, you crave. When I was pregnant with Chelsea, I craved salt and vinegar chips. I had to have salt and vinegar chips. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe I had a sodium deficiency. Salt and vinegar chips. When I was pregnant with Callum, I craved fruit salad. I ate fruit salad every day of my life. When I was pregnant with Bridie, I craved sleep because I had two other kids. (laughs) I I don't even remember eating. But when you are pregnant with something, when you are pregnant with something, when God has something new for you, you will crave, you will crave, you will crave his presence. You will crave his kingdom. You will crave his word. You will crave worship. You will will yearn for it and nothing else will satisfy Chicken chips weren't good enough and nothing else will satisfy when you crave the things of God. It has to be that, not anything else. So to seek means to crave. First, first in rank, the kingdom. The kingdom means his royal power, his dominion and his lordship. It doesn't mean, it says 
in my lexicon, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right and authority to rule over. So when you seek first the kingdom of God, you seek his rule over your life. You seek his lordship over your life. You seek his kingship over your life. You dethrone yourself and you put him on the throne of your life first and foremost. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which means integrity, virtue and purity of life. His righteousness, which means I want to live a life that is integrous, pure and virtuous. So let's paraphrase that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Another way of saying that is to crave over everything else, his lordship over my heart and his purity permeating my life. That is my number one. His lordship over my life and his purity permeating my heart and everything I do. And when you do that, all those other things you don't even have to worry about. You don't even have to worry about it because he's got it. Because he's got it. He's got it. So, I, th- I think we spend a lot of time praying about his provision, praying about salvation, praying about Lord, give me a promotion, praying about, Lord, give me a husband, give me a wife, give me this, give me that. I think if our number one prayer was, Lord, be Lord and let me live a life wholly devoted to you, I think a lot of those other things, number one, don't matter so much and number two, they just follow a life that looks like that. They just follow. They just follow. Because it says all these things will be added, be added, be added. So it's, am I saying it's wrong to pray for his provision? It's wrong to pray for our needs? No, it's not. But I think we get the order back the front sometimes. And we forget about the lordship. We forget about the righteousness. And we just go, Lord, gimme, 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 gimme. But... Our submission to him comes before our provision from him. Our submission comes before his provision. Isn't that what Jesus said when he taught the disciples how to pray? He said, first you pray, our Father who is in heaven, holy and esteemed and wonderful and glorious is your name. And then your kingdom come, number one. Your will be done, number one. And then give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts and lead us not into temptation. So first things first, we've got to get it in the right order. We've got to get it in the right order. We can't pray for protection if there's no consecration. Can't say, Lord, protect me, protect me wherever I go, whatever we do, if we haven't first consecrated our lives to him because that's back to front. You can't ask God for more money if you're not first honouring him with provision that he's already given you because that's back to front. If you're not bringing your tithe into the house but you're saying, Lord, give me more money, then that's back to front because you're not honouring him with what he's already supplied. There's no submission before the provision. Back to front. You can't say, God, give me a wife if you haven't first prayed, make me a godly husband. Teach me how to be a godly husband. 
don't ask for a long life if you refuse to honour your parents. Because the word of God says, if you honour your parents, then I will give you a long life. It's back the front. Don't ask him to put you on the platform if you haven't first put yourself in the prayer closet. Back the front. First things first. First things first. First things first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all those other things that consume our thoughts and consume our prayers and that we strive after will follow, will follow, will follow. They'll be added, they'll be added, they'll be added, they'll be added. He does the adding. We do the submitting. We do the laying down. He does the lifting up. We do the laying down. He does the lifting up. We do the what do you require of me and he does the blessing. Another thing that he showed me was that we're praying. I hope that you're praying. I know that some of us are praying for the glory of God to rest on his church. Is anyone praying for that? The glory we know means weightiness, don't we? It's the weightiness of God that he rests, the kabod glory of God. He showed me that if something is, imagine this is one of those weighty blankets. It's a weighty blanket. It represents the glory of God. If something is unbalanced and you put weight on it, what happens? Yeah, it breaks or it falls over, doesn't it? So he can't rest the weightiness of his glory on the church if it's unbalanced because it will break us. If we're not submitted and laid down, it will break us. He can't entrust us with his glory unless we have first decided that every beautiful piece of glory that he entrusts us with goes straight back to him. Straight back to him. We've seen the collapse of some very prominent churches lately. And I'm not going to presume to know why because it's not up to me to know why. God is the only judge. But I do know that when he entrusts us with his glory, we need to know that it is never anything that we have done. That it always, all of it has to go right back to him. If we take any credit for any wonderful and marvellous thing that God does, it's always a problem. It's always a big problem. And if there's any pride in us, if there's any pride in us, it's always a big problem. I think that's one of the reasons why God says, when you worship me, I want you to be clamorous and foolish and loud and crazy. Because, you know, if we worship him like that, you know what we have to do? Put down our pride. And not care what the person next to us thinks about us being ridiculously loud and clamorously foolish. And if you're one of those hungry ones that loves to worship God crazy like I do, stop holding it back. I give you permission to worship him with your whole heart and soul and strength. And stop being quiet because we are the church that is known for being alive. And we, we will always be the church that is known for being alive. Demonstrative, loud, scriptural, because it says in Psalms to shout aloud to the rock of my salvation. Scriptural worship. We talk about it a lot. Because I think God's trying to get it through our skulls, that that's how he likes to be worshipped. Oh, but I don't like to worship God like that because I feel too visible. 
how does he want you to worship him? Because remember, it's not all about us anymore. It's about him and what he requires of us. I was gonna I was going to I'm gonna really quickly do a demonstration, okay? You got time for me just to do do a demonstration. Alright, because the scripture in Matthew seven seven talks about seek, because the title of my message today is seek. Everyone say seek. Not talking about the kind of seek that has a turban on their head. We're talking about seeking God. Seeking God. So Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, everyone say ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, everyone say seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It will. To ask means to crave. There's that word again, to desire, to require. Seek means to inquire, meditate, crave, to strive after and to require. To knock means more than a polite knock. It actually means a rap, like more persistent, more urgent than a quiet little knock. It actually means I really, really need to to open the door. (laughs) I saw the worried look on his face. That's giving the pulpit a pumbling. So when you look into, when you ask, it says, it shall be given. When you seek, you shall find. When you knock, the door shall be opened. Have you ever wondered what it is? Ask and it will be given to you. I've heard people say, I've heard people preach that if you, if you ask, if you want something from God, if you're asking for a new job, if you're asking for a promotion, if you're asking for a new car, then ask and keep on asking, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. But when you look into the Greek of it will be given, it is not a promotion or a new job or a new car or a new house or anything material like that. It is actually something much deeper, much greater, much more wonderful than anything that we could ask that looks like anything here on earth. So we're going to look at the verse differently. We're going to look at what what shall be given and then that shows us what we need to ask for, doesn't it? Yeah. So... If I was to give, um, if you're, you're up the back and you can't hear what Brett says to me, but if he was to ask me a question, if he asked me a question, and I say, yes, here you go, there's an orange. What do you think the question was that he asked me? Anyone want to guess? Hazard a guess? <laughs> Anyone want to hazard another guess? Can I have an orange? Yes. So, when we look at what he says that he will supply, then it gives a hint to the question that we should be asking, does it? All right. I'm I'm going to do this quick. So, when it says, it shall be given, this is what the it is. He will give us, I looked up the Greek, this is what it is. He will give us a commission, an ability, a gifting, and he allows, yeah, he will give us a commission, an ability, or a gifting. So that gives a hint that we should be asking for, Lord, what is my commission on this earth? 
ask and keep on asking, Lord, what is my commission? What is my purpose? What have you gifted me for so that I can serve your kingdom? That is what the asking, ask and keep on asking. What have you put me here for, Lord? What is my holy commission? What is my God-given purpose? And then when it says seek, it says he allows us to know him. It You will find means you will come to know God more. And you will find means you will find him. So when we seek... That is what we're supposed to seek, is him. Not what he can do for us, but just him. Just him, just to know him. Just to know him. Just to know him. Yeah? Yeah. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, but... Not to seek his hand, but to seek his face. Not what what I want from you, God, but just I want you, God. I want you, God. I want more of you. I need you. And when it says knock and keep on knocking, and it and the door shall be opened, Jesus is the door. And he is the way to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one will actually know the Father unless he comes through the door. So knock and keep on knocking. Jesus, I need to know you so that you can show me the Father. I need to know you, Jesus, so that you can show me the Father. I need to accept what you did for me on the cross so that I can know the Father. If you if you feel like you need the desires in your heart to have a, a shift If you feel like you're desiring a lot of the things of the world and the things of God have gone quiet in you and you want that desire awakened again, the asking, the seeking for the things that are deeper, for the things that are eternal, for the things that really matter, for the things that really satisfy, for the things that are really worth living for, for the things that are really worth putting our energy in and our investment in. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to do some shifting in our heart this morning. So if that's you, do you want to just stand? If you want... Psalm 37 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desire of your heart, which means He will give you godly desires. He will give you godly desires. Delight yourself in the Lord. Okay, and what I want you to do is put your hand on the person next to you and I want you to pray for them that the Holy Spirit will awaken, awaken, awaken Holy Spirit desires, godly desires, deeper desires, deeper desires, desires for His kingdom, desires for His righteousness, desires to know the commission that is on their life, the desire to know Him, to know Him. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray passionately. Pray fervently like their life depends on it. Pray that God will awaken in them godly desires, kingdom desires. Holy Spirit, come and awaken in us. Come and awaken in us again. Live rivers of living water, 
rivers of living water, rivers that flow in and rivers that flow out, rivers that flow in and rivers that flow out, rivers that refresh us and then refresh others, rivers that bring life to us and then bring life to others, powerful rivers, powerful rivers of living water, baptise us afresh, Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us. Give us your desires, Father. Fill us with your desires, Father. Move us with the things that move your heart, Father. Awaken, awaken, awaken. Awaken, give us a craving, a craving for your presence, Lord craving for your word, Lord, a a craving for what is eternal, God. Awaken our spirit. Awaken the spirit that is us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for stirring up hunger right now. Now I want you to pray for yourself. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm hungry. Father, I'm hungry. Jesus, I'm hungry to know you more. I'm knocking, I'm seeking, I'm asking. I want to ask for the right things. I want to seek your face, Father. I want to knock. Come on, ask him. Ask him. Ask him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Every person will wake up every morning with a fresh hunger, with a fresh hunger, a fresh desire. A craving, a craving to put you first, Lord. A craving to put you first, Lord. And the things of this world, the temporary things, you know that we need them, Lord, but you will add them and we don't have to chase after them. And they will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory, Lord. In the light of your glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that work in us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing a work in us. Waking us up. church up, bringing balance to your church, Lord, setting us on a firm foundation. Correcting our all about me theology, shifting it to an all about you theology, God, all about you, Lord, all about you, Lord. Jesus say to the disciples in the upper room wait wait
gate to the Holy Spirit comes and endues you with power. Wait. We take time to wait, Father. We will wait on you. We will wait on you. Thank you for shifting things in our heart, right in your presence right now. You're doing a shift. You're doing a shift. Circumcising our hearts. You're doing a shift. Cutting away the flesh. Do what you need to do in your church, Father. Do what you need to do, Father. Shake us, mold us, shift us. You are the potter. We're just the clay. We're just the clay. when it's been all about what we require of you, Father. And we humbly ask in this place, what do you require of us? What do you require of me? You're going to wake up hungry this week. And when you do, be sure to recognize the hunger, that it's from God. And be sure to fill it with the right things, with his presence, with his word. Don't wake up and go, I'm feeling different. What's wrong with me? Maybe I need to go to the gym. No, the Holy Spirit is saying, you are hungry because you asked me to do a shift in your heart. So fill it with the right things. Fill it with his presence. Recognize that you're going to feel different and discern what it is because it's from God. Yes? Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website riveredgechurch.com.au